0: Hi there and welcome to the Studio One List podcast. This is episode 2 and I think we'll get right to it. Um I'll be answering some questions after the first part. I thought I would start to try and do some um themes around each episode until the guests come in. Um, this is another non-guest one, but there are guests coming, and I'm excited to tell you about them later on in the next few episodes. Um, I thought we'd start by talking... I mean, I it's quite funny, I quite like talking about, about sort of failed gigs, or... Uh, I wouldn't even so much call them failures, but... Let's go along the lines of that um, today. Um, This is really coming up because yesterday um, I had a meeting, one of quite a few. And the first one, it was with a British brand. um, And they were wanting some very last minute design things done, like, within a week. (laughs) Um, And it was just a really interesting time because I think what, first of all, what I really realised yesterday is how much I... how much I actually really just love the process uh, the process of, I suppose, the hustle, if you will, the the working day in, day out, the new designs, the constant, you know, emails or conversation with people, trying to get meetings with certain people. Um, I realised actually how much I adore the struggle, <laughs> the struggle of business. Um... I, I mean, it's quite funny, because even though I didn't get one of those jobs yesterday, I was so happy. So happy. Um, obviously, it would have been cool to get the job. But it really brought up, because they came back, why they didn't give me it. And it's funny, because the whole the whole team really, really loved the portfolio work. They... We're digging the designs, the light my thought process within things, you know, after the phone call, and I found it staggeringly interesting why they went with a different designer in the end. And they said to me, It wasn't down to your creative ability, it was because the other person was cheaper. And I find that um, first of all I did ask what their budget was this is the interesting phase because I actually love talking to potential clients I love that sort of I mean it's, it's a bit like trying to you know buy a, who was it that said it I can't remember who somebody had said to me the other week they kind of compare it to trying to buy a house in a really um, crowded market in a city. So the likes of Edinburgh, London, New York, those sort of places trying to buy a house and you're going to be outbidded by somebody else. But in this case, it's quite funny because it, it kind of brought up something that was just really intriguing and something that could be potentially up for discussion, was what... I mean, when it comes down to a creative project that, say, a brand, a company, anybody else is wanting a creative on board and it's not down in the end to the creative ability to get the best work, but it's down to how cheap um they can get from a designer um in terms of the quote. Um so I found that fascinating. Um, um yeah so I mean it was just it was it was a really big actually it was a really big confirmation yesterday. A huge confirmation that no matter the years and the hours and the constant, you know, hitting your head against a brick wall just about. Um, Just how, not just addictive the process is, but how fun. And it reminded me, even though like the past weekend was grueling and everything else, But it reminded me how, how good. And even though that job didn't come about yesterday, a few others did. But, you know, what's interesting is, um, the ones that don't come about, although I don't, you know, once they're gone, I don't tend to particularly think about them, um, but it did do a funny thing because it did remind me of um a gig I nearly had um when I was a photographer full time um and i've I've actually not talked about this because it doesn't excuse me it doesn't hurt me but um I just think it's a funny one to tell. So when I was a photographer, well I still am but you know in that sort of phase um I got called on to a job. Um it was winter time. I was still living in the country um and I got the call and I think I had a few days to book flights. Um I booked I think I booked the flights. At this point we're talking it was December. So being in the countryside in the Scottish borders the snow was just absolutely pelting down. Um and I, rem- I I was talking to the other um, head photographer. I was going to be there as well, photographing what was... Um, It was all very hush-hush, and I knew there was a lot of sort of... I had to sign, like, security things not to tell people. Um, and it was for this new TV show. Um, I was to be flying to Northern Ireland, um, to Belfast... This might have given it away already. Um, And I got snowed in on the time that I needed to take the flight. And I couldn't get to the airport. Um, The pay wasn't bad. It wasn't miraculous, but it wasn't bad. Um, The experience probably would have outweighed, you know, like most times. um, And... It's funny because I I wasn't being told the name of the series until I was there. I knew some certain character, like some actors I knew were there, I knew some names, and I got an email days past because I couldn't go, I couldn't get out of the countryside to get to Edinburgh airport. Um and basically I got an email a few days later saying it was a good shoot. Shame you couldn't make it. I can tell you now it's for, it was for a new TV series. Well, I think he said a little TV series and it was to be for, it was going to be photographing all the cast members and because they were filming there at the time, um, it was for a TV show called Game of Thrones. (laughs) Um, and it makes me laugh i i i've, I've never really told the story um because <laughs> i mean what is it to tell um but it makes me laugh and which is why i never see like things that haven't managed to come to fruition whether it's a job or anything else i don't see i don't see it as a failure and and okay i mean i mean I don't know. I mean, some people might call it, you know, a failed gig or a failed job or whatever, or something didn't happen. But even the ones that I don't get for, you know, Studio Oneless and branding, um, I see it more of and I don't know if that's just my sort of mental attitude of like moving forward, but I definitely see it more of just um I see it more of just personal taste. Like, not everyone is going to want the work that you do. And sometimes it's about logistics and whether you're available at one point or another. Um, But I thought, you know, I'd go into more of this today. And I just find it interesting um, yesterday because it was a real confirmation of just how much I love doing what I do. And I think sometimes I think you just need a slight reminder. Um, And so that was exciting. Um, Moving on from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Um, So we have got... So, yeah, I was going to just really go into more about the said failures in terms of creativity and jobs. And because I don't see the jobs as failures, if you don't get... But, I mean, there's been a lot of failed designs, I would say. I mean, I would say 80% of the illustrations and work I do are probably in the trash bin in my studio. um, You know, and I think... I mean, it's probably for every, like for every 20 designs i can do i might only put like two if i'm lucky out there into the world and but i think that's all i think i think that's all about trial and error though for any sort of creative pursuit and i find it fascinating seeing what other creatives do because i've always wondered you know, I'm always fascinated by process and other people's process. Um, and, And I think, I don't hear a huge, I mean, I think people are getting better now at talking about, you know, what, I mean, potentially what they've not liked or, you know, if they've not got something or, the struggles with creativity or struggles with just being in the creative business um but I think in terms of you know illustrations and designs, you know I just think it's I just think it's part of the process to not like everything you do, and again, that's just personal taste because if I put out the things that I didn't particularly like um it's 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 all debatable. I think I made up a video um the other week and it was really talking about at what lengths do we take the word perfection to our work because really the last what few months I've really um I've really just got okay with, um, not everything is going to be perfect, and actually, the, the aesthetic that I love with design is not perfect, if whatever perfect means to you, I mean, I absolutely adore the sort of, I'm very, I mean, even in my photography days, I'm very much into, um, you know, black and white, but like really moody, melancholically, just actually quite grim, grim looking photography. And um, that's kind of going over into my designs now. Um, I do do a lot of colour and bold work. I mean, all my things are really quite bold and sort of quite in your face and to some respect. But more and more, my designs that I'm loving to do is is really grainy, lots of texture, black and... I, I love going back to the black and white with with illustrations and type attached. Um, and a lot of people would say it kind of just doesn't look finished. And actually, I think I've come to a point where I, I think I know when when I'm happy with something and I really, really love it. And I think that's what I'm slowly learning. You know, I'm okay with the fact that I can't draw a straight line. Um, I will never be one of these designers that... um, And it's not to, you know, diss them because I think what they do is great, but I will never be one of the designers that you know, can do these amazingly neat vector, you know, designs that are so straight and so neat and tidy, Um, I don't think I will ever be that kind of designer. And I think just in the last few months, really, I'm just getting OK with that. Um, and actually... Um, it took a long time to even just class myself as an a designer or an artist because you know, I don't know. I think at the at uh, at the start you just feel a bit when somebody says you know you meet some family friends and they say what do you do? It's like, oh, I'm an artist. <laughs> you know, it's quite um, it's a funny time, but you know I'm I'm totally cool with that now because, um, it is what it is. And same goes for my work, I think um I think I'm getting so more used to with there's no such thing as perfect, and um because what well, what's perfect? Are we talking about a perfect shoe, a perfect holiday? I mean, a holiday can be great, but perfect is only you know it's a very debatable thing because. What might be perfect for me won't be perfect in the eyes of somebody else. So I think it's a very interesting interesting thing to talk about. Um, but I have got a whole set of questions here um, that people have sent in for this week. Um, somebody's asking... Where do you go for inspiration? Um, where do I go for inspiration? Well, it depends on, it depends on the project. Um, if I'm just sort of wanting a change of scene from the studio, I might go to a gallery, um, see an art exhibition. But generally, um i'm I'm really happy just to be ensconced in my studio getting on with projects and if I don't have any projects going on, I've always got some other things <coughs> excuse me to dabble into um and i find I find inspiration another funny one um <clears throat> I'll try and talk about that next week, but um I find depending on the project and what sort of theme it's working around or, I mean, I use, I mean, certainly the research phase for a project is one of my favourite. I research a lot of things actually on Pinterest for old style. I I love looking into the old vintage stuff um, to try and get an idea for applying to new work. but inspiration I think I think I'm just heavily inspired by, you know, the usual sort of things, you know, places, but um I would say music and film is still massively inspirational for me. Um particular books potentially, um other artists, particularly in different mediums. Um for example, one of my favourite of all time artists is the painter David Hockney um I could talk about him for days (laughs) um again you know I think just other artists um I tend not to too much dwell on that because I think you know it's good just to get on with what you want to be doing rather than being I suppose I mean I think you can be inspired but you don't want to take or be inspired too much by a person because then you can you, you then soon to try and emulate it and I think that's a bit of a dangerous line in terms of um, doing your thing in your own style as it were. Um. Next question is in are you going to be exhibiting photography anytime soon um i touched on this <coughs> excuse me um i touched on this on a question last week um i hope to in the future there's been a few years sort of without an exhibition but um i it's just one of these sort of cycles with photography exhibitions the last one the last two were i think it was part of art basel basel and the louvre in paris um which is still a hoot to say um, um i i do ho- i do hope and i would love to do one in um my home city of edinburgh um at some point no plans as yet, but I do hope to be going down that line in the next few years because it's, it's just a really nice <clears throat> different medium to be going into now and again. Um, but at the moment, I'm very much concentrating on design and some other video and podcast projects. Um, so But we will see and watch this space. Next question in is, do you start all your illustrative work on a sketchbook or are you all computer orientated? Um, This is an interesting one now because if you'd asked me this, um, if you'd asked me this four months ago, I would have said everything is Everything is absolutely sketchbook only until it gets to the computer stage, and it it is still to a certain its extent um so I got a iPad pro and a pencil um the apple pencil um about three and a half months ago. And I would I, I would go as far as saying I mean I still start my initial idea on sketchbook. At the moment it's then going onto the iPad and then it's onto the main computer. Um I would s I would go as far as saying the iPad Pro has has just changed the way I work in terms i mean i just i just cannot believe that a technology i mean i shouldn't be surprised because you know for anyone that knows me i am apple mad um and i i i could literally talk about tech till i'm blue in the face um but the apple ipad it's it's a not just a revelation a revelation a revelation um it's it's not so much just what it can do and how or, like, recording videos while you're doing the sketches or the drawings, but it's the capabilities in the actual technical things like the brushes, the pencils, the... So... <coughs> excuse me. So the pencil, when you're holding it... Um, and you click on a paintbrush and you put it to the iPad screen. If you shut your eyes, you are pretty sure you're feeling the end of a brush. Now, I just I just find it, I mean, it's just incredible. And um, it's just so impressive with the capabilities. And I think it's also actually making me will not say a better a better designer but it's certainly um it's it's allowing me to actually um I suppose not produce quicker designs but it's just allowing me to it's, it's allowing me to save time because so many times before I would I would um do the drawing I would it into Photoshop, clean it up, print it out again, um mark it up over um get my black fine pen to go over it again, make some changes, put it back into the computer. Whereas the iPad Pro, it's all in. I can have whatever size I like, I can export it to whatever size I like. Um if there's any mistakes there's an a rubber and a razor. Um and it's and it's just not messy. It's like being able to use the charcoal effect but have no mess I mean it's just incredible um, so that's the process at the moment. um Last question for today um, oh well, this touched on what we've just talked about, but. Do you, how do you feel when you don't get the client? Um, well, I think we touched on that, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, of course, you know, you'd like to get the client. I think that's the crux of it. But you kind of weigh things up and you move forward, I think. Um... I don't see it... Um, I I think it actually just propels me on to do better work. Not necessarily, like, trying to show them, but, like, just for myself. I think... Um, I mean, it. it's always been a bit like that in my life, like, in terms of if I don't get something, I'm very much just put into the creative mindset and move forward with the next project. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one because if you say, oh, you didn't get it, but, I mean, it's just, like, I suppose, the huge amount of people that might not get, you know, jobs that they want to go for. I mean, it certainly... I mean, I was, what, one of four designers in yesterday. Um, I was very lucky to get to that stage. I mean, you you, you could just put a bit of, excuse me, Um, you could just put a bit of perspective on it. I mean, I certainly wasn't, you know, crying in the corner, (laughs) you know. Um but you know of course it would have been good but um you know there's more you know client meetings this week so you just you don't know um and that's what i find i think so exciting about you know being a designer and taking on clients i think you know, aside from Kip Yard, the store, and aside from the podcast and any other projects, um, it's just a very fun process. And I think that's the other thing. I mean, who, I can't remember who said it. It's probably someone famous, actually. Um. You know, get used to being uncomfortable. And I think that's the only best way I, I could... Describe it. I mean, you you have to be okay with not having the norm. Um, And I think think that's a way to go forward, really. You know, if you're feeling comfortable... I mean, this isn't advice, this is just me. Um, I think because of the freelance days and now more of a studio phase, you know, it's very much... You know, again, it is what it is. I, d- I just think sometimes... I mean, I, I've been guilty of it in the past. I have overthunk things till, again, I'm blue in the face and it's just not got me anywhere. It, it It's a bit like the perfect thing. You know, you could... You, you you know, I could just overthink things massively and I think just don't overthink, you know, no's from clients I mean, I could have overthunk the, the, photo- the photography gig to be photographing the whole cast of Game of Thrones. But I wasn't to know that it was going to be leading into, you know, however many seasons it did and the popularity it did. But again, it was the perspective because... I got snowed in, I couldn't go, so that was it. It wasn't, I mean, of course I would have loved it, but it's again, not down to what it turned out to be. It was a job to photograph people's portraits um, in between their filming at the studios that they were filming in Belfast. So, you know, I just think, i'm I'm starting to learn just like putting things into perspective and you know things like that, so I think you know for for every like hundreds of clients that you get a know from, there's hopefully a hundred more that you do um but that's why like people I think are in the creative business anyway because they They love it more, well, certainly I do. I love it more than the possibility of nose, and I think I think I would have been very naive to think going into this um years ago if I thought I would be getting a bit scared and upset at the prospect of nose in fact, I get more shocked these days if I get a yes because over the years I've been so used to the no's and I think that's quite a positive you know people might think that's a a negative but I think personally I see that as a complete positive um and on that note um I think we'll leave that there today um I'll try and talk about inspiration next week um, and the guests are coming. Thank you so much for listening. It, it's I've been Sally Warnless at Studio Warnless Podcast and <clears throat> I will see you next week with no sore throat. Bye for now. Bye.